Awesome. Good morning. It's the year of great faith. Are you guys ready for that? I'm so excited. I must say, if this is the tone that we're starting on, can you imagine all the amazing thing that we, things that we're going to see God do in our midst this year? I'm stirred with faith, and uh, we start our year with uh, a very exciting moment, and it's a week of prayer, consecration, and fasting, uh, with emphasis on fasting. You, you all got that? Now, I want to debunk a few myths. Fasting is not getting off Facebook. Uh, fasting is not switching off your television that you should do regularly anyway to spend time with the Lord. Fasting is saying no to food, biblically. That's what the Bible says. I didn't see Daniel saying, you know what, um, we don't want the food, and by, besides, we don't want to have any Facebook or television or whatever entertainment they had. So this week ahead of us, we're going to spend time abstaining from some food in order to spend time with God and pray into this year of great faith. Um, every year we gather around the, the globe and literally gather around the theme that God has for us as an every nation family globally. And this week when you pray, you're gonna be joined with literally thousands of people across the world praying the same scriptures, trusting God for mighty great exploits in his kingdom. It's not just you there by yourself in your room really hungry for that Marmite sandwich. It is around the globe, people hungry with us because we are more hungry for the work of God in our midst than we are for food. And we choose for a moment to set that aside and focus on Him. And we are so excited for this week. We're gonna gather uh, starting tomorrow morning, two times this week in the mornings from 8.30 to 9.30 at the living room. I understand that many of you work, but if you, if you are able to make that, please come and join us. It's still school holidays. If you wanna bring the kids Amazing opportunity for the children to come and pray with us. They should not be excluded in this week. And then on Tuesday and Thursday evening, we'll also pray 6.30 to 7.30. And then it's worked out really well, this whole fast. There are some printed manuals for those of you who want a hard copy at the back. But then there's an app that you can download, both Android and iPhone, on everynationfast.org. It's an amazing app. You can make notes. You can connect with, to the Bible there. Uh, there's little devotional videos every single day starting today. So your first devotional is today. A little video of encouragement, key scripture, some thoughts. Gives you an opportunity to make the list of things that you're trusting God for, for this year. And in the end, a fast works like that. You, you get out what you put in. So if you determine to say, God, I'm gonna take this week and consecrate myself, focus on you, get ready for what you have in store for this year, you're gonna see amazing results. I also wanna warn you, fasting works like this. The breakthrough usually comes afterwards. I love fasting, I absolutely do, but I don't enjoy not eating. So you're not gonna feel like it, trust me. <laughs> There's gonna be days like, oh, this is terrible, it doesn't work. I wanna encourage you to go before God sometime today, take a few minutes, download the app, take the booklet at the back and say, God, how do you want me to fast this week? There's actually a fasting plan that you can write down on which days you're gonna abstain from which meals or which foods. So make the effort to do it. And I wanna end with a quick video uh, from Steve Murrell, who is graced to lead every nation movement around the world. And he's gonna encourage us on this week of prayer and fasting. 2018 is coming to an end and it has been another great year in the every nation world. God has opened up new campuses, new cities, new nations. And I have to believe that part of the breakthrough 
that we're experiencing now goes back to how we started the year with our annual week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. I believe God has even greater plans for 2019 for us. So we're once again starting our year with a week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. Our theme will be great faith. Our hope is that our week of prayer together will build our faith. We're going to seek God like never before, and I believe he's going to reward us with his presence, his power, a deeper understanding of his purpose. So get ready, join us 2019, our week of prayer, fasting, and consecration, and let's build great faith in our great God. Awesome. Can I, can I put out a challenge? If you have now decided or already decided that you're gonna commit to fasting this week, would you just put up your hand and just say, yes, that's me, I'm in for this. That's fantastic. So please join us at prayer. Let's get together, let's gather. I know school starts on Wednesday. The best way for you to enter the term with your kids is with prayer on Tuesday night. Bring them along. They can go to bed at eight o'clock. Their pastor said so. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm just using that as a little joke. So bring them along so that they can come and join us this week. So great faith is where we start our year and it's the start of our first sermon series. Um, the sermon series will be shared across the globe as well in the Every Nation family and we're excited to see what this year is gonna hold for us. And I hope this morning that I can bring the concept of faith down to a very bottom level and understanding how faith works in our everyday life. I think sometimes when we talk about faith, we make it quite a, an unattainable goal of one day or, you know what, we limit faith to just the difficult month that Ricky's been talking, talking about and I have faith to get through the month. But if we understand how faith works, in our daily walk in life, there's a whole lot that we can get to enjoy that we might be missing out because we've limited our understanding. Great faith comes by simple things. I want you to hear this this morning. Great faith comes by simple things. We think we've got to go to that place where there's a, a, a zap or a moment and then you've got the faith. I, I saw that in the Bible it's through systematic obedience, listening to the voice of God, and today for us, reading the voice of God, gathering together, praying, and devotion that great faith comes from. Great faith doesn't come from great things, it comes from systematic, simple things. And this morning I'm gonna show you from the book of Hebrews exactly how we are encouraged to live like that. Jesus talks about two encounters, or there are two encounters with Jesus in the Gospels where he speaks about people who had great faith. The first was a Gentile woman who came to him and, and she said, could you pray for my daughter who's demon-possessed? And Jesus said, it's not the time yet for me to, to reach out to the Gentiles. I've come first to the Jews. And then she said, but can the, dog, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table? I just want a little bit of crumbs. That's all I want. Can you just pray for her? And then Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith. He uses that word. And then secondly, the other one is the Roman centurion who says, my servant is ill. Can you please pray for him? And then Jesus said, well, where is he? He said, no, well, he's somewhere else. And he said, if you could just speak the word. And then Jesus also said, I have not seen such great faith. I wanna be of the people who God says that of. That Pierre is a man of great faith that Eugene is a man of great faith, that Marla is a woman of great faith. Who wants to agree with that this morning? And it's so simple. The way we find it is in the simple things of daily devotion to him. 
I'm going to show that to you this morning from the Word. You will never attain great faith by simply attending Sunday mornings. You have to study the Word of God daily. If you come Sunday in and Sunday out and maybe attend a life group and go to prayer twice a year, you're going to lack in great faith. But if you take your daily walk to Jesus and you study His Word and you pray, you're going to see great faith take root in your life. Hebrews 10 to 12 is going to be our chapters for the next few weeks that we're going to study together. And I want to invite you to take this month and study those chapters. Read it line by line. Think about it. Say, God, what, what, explain this to me. Holy Spirit, reveal to me what's said in scriptures. Journal about it and make that something that you actually make part of your life, not just listening to the sermons on a Sunday. Now I want to go back and give you context the letter to the Hebrews, the author is unknown, but what we understand from studying this letter is it was written to a group of people that were probably Jewish believers and understood the history of the Jewish people to this point. The way he speaks to them assumes that they know quite a lot of the history of God and the Jewish people to the point that Jesus has come. And he wants to make one thing very clear to these people and it's simply the supremacy of Christ. That Jesus is above everything and greater than everything. And he should be the one thing that we pursue above all else. He compares Jesus to the angels. And he says, to whom of the angels has he said, you're the son of man, or the son of God? To none of them. He starts off by comparing Jesus to the prophets and saying, in the old, God spoke to us through many ways and through the prophets, but today he has spoken to us through his son. And then he goes on and he compares him to the priests and the Torah and Melchizedek and all of these people. And he wanted to make sure that the people that he's writing this letter to understands that Jesus is supreme and he's above all and he's in the middle. And I wanna remind us again as a church this year that Jesus is at the center of this house. I don't lead this church, he does. I get to help him with a team of people and a team of leaders and deacons and elders and all of you participating as the body, we get to move forward. But Jesus is the head of this house. It's the supremacy of Christ in our midst. And then the letter ends talking about this kingdom that we are part of that cannot be shaken. You are part of a kingdom that even though the world shakes, and I love what Michelle shared this morning, even though there's a shaking and there's hardships, you can remain standing because the kingdom that your foot and your feet and your heart is in cannot be shaken. That's what God has called us to. Already I'm feeling I'm stirred with great faith. You guys feel it? And it's simple. Go and read this over the next few weeks and God's gonna stir your heart. So this morning, I'm simply calling my message Living with Great Faith. Plain and simple. We're gonna look at a few of the verses in Hebrews chapter 10 and we're gonna discover some stunning truths that this author wrote to the church. He said, if, I wanna see if you do these things and just apply this to your life and, and grasp this, you will be like those great cloud of witnesses who have lived by faith in God and have done great exploits for the kingdom. One of the phrases that you'll find in these chapters is the word by faith. I quickly wanna mention this to you. Faith is an action word. It's not a sitting back, waiting, mustering up. Okay, God, uh, can you bring me some faith? Faith comes by action. It's us taking action 
and moving forward. All of this, this concept of faith in the book of Hebrews is written up in action. I want you to hear this. This is all of, out of Hebrews chapter 10, 11, and 12. By faith, Abel offered action. By faith, Noah constructed an ark. By faith, Abram obeyed. By faith, Abram went. By faith, Abram offered up Isaac. You hear? It's action every time. It's not just by faith. He did something and they did something afterwards. It goes on. It says, by faith, Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him. It was done by faith. It wasn't a boermakerplan idea. It was by faith that God spoke to them. It translated in English is, oh goodness, they're gonna come get the child. So put him in a basket and put him in the reeds. That's what it says in English. I see all the English people looking at me funny. <laughs> by faith, Moses refused. By faith, Moses left Egypt. By faith, Moses kept the Passover. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea. Can you imagine the sea opening up from Strand to Simonstown? And you see the great whites on the side, and you've got a cross, like, and you don't have your stand-up paddle, like Dave and Lindy, ready to get up when they just paddle out. You're gonna have to walk through this. It took faith. By faith, Daniel stood in front of the lion's den and he said, you know what, I will not. I refuse to submit to the earthly king. I refuse to God. By faith, his friend said, we will not bow down. We'll go into the fire. And by faith, they said, even though we are destroyed in that fire, let it be known to you that we will never bow down in front of you. We worship God. That's the great faith that God has for each one of us. We often read the Bible and the stories of the Bible thinking that these people and characters were superheroes. The Avengers is not helping us today because we think that's what they looked like. They were Iron Man and the Hulk and they had these superpowers. They were puny people like myself that can't do much that God used in an extraordinary way. So I want us to read the, together this morning Hebrews chapter 10. We're gonna read verses 19 to the end of the chapter. And as I read, I want you to open up your heart and let God speak to you through his word. Let's read together. I'm reading from the ESV. It'll be up on the screen as well. Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy 
on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much more punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourself had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve our souls. Lord Jesus, I pray as your word is preached that the anointing of your power would come and speak to every heart this morning and stir upon us great faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is a loaded scripture just spoken about Jesus being the final sacrifice and because the curtain of the temple was torn and he has now given us access to the holy places, to the sacred places, to the most beautiful places in his presence like we experience here today where we're in the presence of God. It is out of that context that the author says, I want you to now live like this going forward. Christ has paid it all. And living with great faith is not locked up in something we still have to get. It's locked up in who we already are in Christ. We can't fight for more faith. It's because of Jesus, the final sacrifice, the supreme one, that faith is available to us. And we're gonna look at seven statements that's made in this passage of what we already possess. And if we understand how we already possess this, then a life of great faith is inevitable. It'll be a natural outflow of what Jesus already has done. The first thing that he says is, we have confidence. The word confidence there is boldness to live the life in God that he has called you to. Say, I have confidence. It doesn't sound like it. Can we try that again? I have confidence. I have boldness. He starts off by saying this in the verse there. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us. It's amazing how we find our confidence in the date 1 January 2019. With Jesus, every day is a New Year's Day. Think about that for a minute. It's like, <gasps> it's over. It's here. The church can't live like that. The bride of Christ lived in his kingdom 
out of the goodness of his love, bestowed upon him, our Father in heaven, knowing everything we need, and know, yes, you will have trouble, but I will get you through this. So with him, every day is a New Year's Day. But we have confidence in this thing that we call a date and time and think now because it's a new year, it's gonna look differently. Now, I believe that God uses the rhythms of our natural world to do things. I'm not, I'm not against it. So don't go and leave like, Pierre doesn't believe in New Year's Day and the new year. And I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's where do we place our confidence? Because if you place it in a new date, I'm sorry, you're gonna be disappointed. And I wanna ask you the question, are you placing your confidence in other things other than in Christ Jesus? Are you placing your confidence in the hope of maybe this is the year of promotion? Are you placing your confidence in maybe this is the year that, I don't know, whatever it is that you're hoping for, or are you placing it in Christ Jesus? And the confidence that we have is to go to him to the holy places. He says, now Jesus has made a way, so confidently come to him. If you were in the old covenant, you had to wait for the priest for the right moment to go to God, but now you can confidently come and gain your confidence from Jesus every time you need it. You don't have to wait anymore. Great faith is gonna come when we confidently and boldly go to Jesus every single day. So this morning, you've gotta ask yourself at the beginning of the year, where do I put my confidence? Do I put it in the finished paid price at the cross and from there, the life that I now live, every spiritual blessing, every, there's no more, every spiritual blessing has been given us through Jesus Christ. Yes, that should give us a confidence in a hippel and a stop to go into this year and not, and I love what you said this morning, Michelle, thanks for being obedient, not like, uh, please let it not be a 2018 again. The second thing that he says is that we have a full assurance of faith he kind of doubles up. It's, it's almost like it's not enough. And I'm kind of sensing it this morning. I'm still waiting for the amens and the yes, we agree. And someone to jump up from their chair to say, yes, that's right. <laughs> it's almost like you've got confidence, but there's more. You also have a full assurance of this faith. You don't have to go and, and find it. It's, it's assured. It's this versieker. It's there. It's amazing how we have assurance in our assurance but we doubt Christ, who is our full assurance. You see, this world that we find ourselves in, we're always gonna be in this battle. But if we constantly go to Jesus, and this is what it says, since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There's an invitation here. It says you can now boldly come to Jesus, but step two, you've got to choose to draw near with that full assurance to be with him. How are we gonna get through 2019? How are we gonna get the energy, the focus, the determination, the vision, the goal reaching, the breakthroughs? How are we gonna get it? Simply by drawing near and being with Jesus. It's amazing how we wanna add, and, 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 and. Or like, is it that simple? Honestly, I believe it is. The gospel and the message of Jesus is that simple. And if you go into this year and say, I'm gonna boldly, because of the boldness that you've given me, with the full assurance of my faith, come and draw near to you, great faith will be stirred in your life. We are drawing near 
Listen to this. I love this verse. It's one of the verses that I feel God has placed on my heart for the season that we are in as a church. This is what we're drawing near to, or who we're drawing near to. From of old, no eye has seen a God besides you. All through the ages, no one has ever seen a God like you. And this is what this God does, who acts, who works on behalf of, who moves, who does things and works for those who wait on him. Isn't that amazing? See the progression. Jesus is saying, you can come. I give you the confidence to come. And as you draw near and you wait and you be with me, I will be the God who works for you. Think about that for a minute. That blows my mind. Then our good works becomes an act of worship because God has set up the good work for me. He's worked before it beforehand and I just get to walk in it. The third thing that he says is that we have a faithful one. We've got confidence. We've got a faith-filled assurance. But it's not into something arbitrary. It's onto a person who is perfectly faithful unto us. The Bible says that we have been unfaithful in many ways, but God is never unfaithful towards us. He remains faithful. And we see this when Abram speaks about, or when, when the, the book of Romans, when Paul speaks about Abram's faith, he says this, Abram did not weaken in faith. Why didn't he become weak in his faith when there still was no baby? God said that the nations will be blessed through me, but okay, God, your promise is not happening. And he did not grow weak in his faith when he considered his own body. He was probably looking in the mirror of the river and saying, Goeie genichtig, ek raak na oud. Didn't look in the mirror of his house and say, yes, I can't do anything. He was thinking, yeah, it's like slag. But he didn't grow weak. He didn't think, okay, God, I'm this old already. It says, since he was about 100 years old, this is Romans 4, verse 19 to 21. Let's speak it out. Or he didn't grow weak in his faith when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Not only was he old, but his wife is out of childbearing age. It's a double whammy. But it says he did not weaken in his faith. Why not? Let's read why not. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave God glory. He kept worshiping amidst this waiting period. Fully convinced that God has that God is able to do what he has promised. We have a faithful one who is able to do everything he has promised. Just those three things already sets us up for an amazing year of great faith. Boldness and confidence, full assurance, and a faithful one. But then the, the writer goes to a next step, and he says, we have one another. And I love this part. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another in faith, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. A little bit of a side hook there. Don't stop going to church and to life group. And it's almost like some of us terminate our faith walk with just, okay, I can come to Jesus. I'm pulling in with full assurance. 
he's faithful to me, but when it comes to other people, I'm just, uh, there's still a progression to go for you to live in great faith. And he's reminding them, saying, you don't neglect meeting together like the habit of some of those around you are, but you keep meeting together. Even if there's a little bit of offense and a bit of a bad moment, forgive one another. 70 times seven, keep going, keep going again and again and again because I love my church and my bride and you are a part of it and I want you to be a part of it on the day that I come back. So don't give up meeting together. It's in the meeting together that we stir one another in our faith. Then we remind ourselves of the Jesus that we serve and what he has done and what he is still to do. It's in the singing of great things. God, you will still do great things that faith comes. So let this be a year that we never neglect meeting together. You won't find faith by simply living this life and walking it out by yourself, but you'll find it where you meet together. And then he says the next thing, point number five, we have good old days. Probably not that good for these people, and I'll explain it in a minute. But he says, recall the former days. We spoke a lot about reminding ourselves in the year of 2018 of what God has done. Recall the former days after you were enlightened and you endured a hard struggle with suffering. So see, see the progression here. You can come to Jesus boldly. You have a full assurance and you can draw near to him and be with him. And you're going to meet the one who is perfectly faithful in every promise. And you're going to look around you. You're going to see others like yourself being in this place and in his presence joining in. And it's in that place that you stop and you remind yourself of what God has done. The beauty of what he's done in our lives. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation, Lord. This is what it's saying. Remind us of the very start. When we fell in love with you so deeply that that was all that mattered. And now life has happened and it's seasons down and things has happened. I believe, and it's like the Bible says, he can restore that first love. If we remember and remind ourselves and recall those former days. One of the best things you can do today, even as I'm preaching, is to think back of that moment where you had a zeal for Jesus like nothing else. Recall that moment, that, that passion, that sense and if it's lost, just cry out to him. Take this week of prayer and fast like, Jesus, I want that zeal again. I want you to be the fire within, like we sang this morning. I want you to be the life in these veins. I don't want my confidence in who I am or what I do or my family be the thing that fuels me. I wanted you to restore the joy of my salvation. The day that you washed clean and set me on a new course and I'm a new creation. I wanna be like David who says, bless the Lord and forget not his benefits. I'll keep thinking back. That year, sure, this year is a little bit, ugh, but wow, and that year he did this for me. He did that for me. He keeps being faithful because we have a faithful one and we have got days behind us to remind us of that. Point number six. I, there's no favorites here, but this is probably the one that spoke to me most. It says, we have an eternal possession. Sure. So we remind ourselves, because we're together, and we remind ourselves of what's done, but then we lift up our eyes, and we look to the eternal possession that we have, the unseen. I wanna ask you this morning, where are your eyes at? 
Are you looking gloriously into the future to that day when Jesus is gonna come and every knee will bow and tongue confess and all this pain that we're constantly fighting is gone forever and the troubles in this world doesn't count anymore because we have a promise and a reward and an eternal possession that nothing can take away from us. Are you looking just to get through the month, through the year, just to get to that point where you're like, now I've arrived? Or are you constantly looking like we are encouraged to the future with Jesus in heaven? Eternal life is what the author is speaking about here. Martin Luther said it like this. By faith in Christ, a person may gain such sure and sound comfort that he need not fear the devil, sin, death, or any evil. I'm gonna pause the quote there for a minute. I love what the word said. It says, the people joyfully accepted the plundering of their goods. Can you imagine someone breaking into your house and you go outside like, yeah, you go, but just keep going. This is, a, just, just take whatever you want. That's what it's saying. When they followed Jesus and they had a confidence and a boldness and assurance in them, nothing in this world could affect that because they were so secure in great faith that even the plundering of the goods, they were like, okay, well, you know what? I've got Jesus and I'm going to heaven. These things count as nothing. Not it doesn't mean anything because I have Jesus and an eternal hope and a promise and a gift and a treasure that is much more weightier and beautiful and that I love much more than the things in this earth. So you go plunder on. See, we, we put our faith in petty things. Like, God, I've got faith that, and it's not bad. Please hear me this morning. I'm just passionate about the kingdom. It's, we put it in, God, I have faith that, I don't know, whatever it is, that my wallet isn't stolen. So like, yeah, this year, last year, my wallet is stolen. This year, I've got faith that my wallet will not be stolen. <laughs> it's petty. Put your faith in the kingdom that is waiting for us, that we are a part of, that even though there's a shaking, we remain standing. And these people accepted it. And Martin Luther said this, we have such a comfort that we need not fear the devil, sin, death, or any evil. Sir devil, you may say, I'm not afraid of you. I have a friend whose name is Jesus Christ, in whom I believe. And he has abolished the law, he's condemned sin, vanquished death, and destroyed hell for me. He is bigger than you, Satan. He has licked you and holds you down. You cannot hurt me. This is the faith that overcomes the evil in this world today. Can we be like that? And even though the devil is plundering your house through people, you can say like, devil plunder. Because I've got a faith in a Jesus that nothing can take away. I have an eternal possession. The possessions on earth is going to be fire gone. I've got an eternal possession that I'm holding on to. You see, if we do these simple things, maybe not so simple, but if we live this disciplined, simple life, great faith will be evident in the way that we live, like the people in this letter. And then the last few verses is saying that we have a promise. All of this is locked up in a future reward and a promise that is sure. We don't just have the promise maker who's faithful, we also have his promise. It says this, therefore do not throw away your confidence. 
which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. That verse says so much. God has given us confidence. It's a little bit like this. Ricky, here's confidence. Now throw it away. No, he's just putting, throw it away. <laughs> there. Now he's catched the confidence. Well done, Mikey. Good catch. <laughs> confidence isn't something that we get. It's a gift. And he's given it to us. And we are encouraged to not throw it away. And when the first trouble comes, we're like, ah, and we throw it away. And then someone else catches, like, Yo, why are they so strong? And you just threw away your confidence. Just go back to that place that you know that there's a promise and a reward. So don't throw it away. Hold on to this promise. And I want to take us through this again. We have a confidence, seven things. We have a confidence, full assurance of faith. We have a faithful one. We have one another. We have an eternal possession. I'm missing one, right? Yes, help me. Ricky threw it away. Say again. Good old days. We have an eternal possession and we have a promise that we can hold on to. Please tell me that if you live in that understanding, you won't have great faith this year. That's what God is calling us as his people to. And then this piece of passage ends with a statement of faith. And I want you to stand and I want you to say this with guts gusto with me this morning if you agree with us. It reminds us that Jesus is on his way, that he's, he's about to come. When it says about stirring one another up, it says the day is drawing near. So let's read this together. Yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. If you agree, let's give God a cheer this morning. Lord Jesus, I pray for every heart that's prayed this with true intent. Lord, we wanna say that whatever this new calendar year brings, we will not shrink back. We hold on to our confidence, to our assurance. Jesus, we hold on to you. Thank you that you've made a way for us to daily come into your presence and be with you. Thank you that we preserve our souls and one day we'll be with you in heaven where it all is okay. Well, thank you that we have a need of endurance while we are still in this world. And that by your grace and your mercy, you give us the ability to do it every single day, again and again. Lord, may we as a house, as a people, as every nation sounds the west, as the spiritual family, be people that grow in our faith like Abraham did. That even though we grow old in our age, we will not stop growing in our faith. We will keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. So that we will have a confidence that never shrinks back. Lord, I pray for every heart this morning that has thrown away their confidence. Every heart this morning that is, who has placed their confidence in anything else but you. That you would come and again point us 
to the future of what you have in store for us, the glorious end, and that we would be like the man you told us about, Jesus, who found the field, and in the field was hidden a treasure, and he let go of all these earthly possessions to obtain this treasure, and that treasure is your kingdom, Lord. Let every heart here this morning say, God, I, I don't mind, and I don't wanna focus on the things and the possessions of this world. I wanna treasure your kingdom above all else. I pray that you would continue to lead us. I pray that we would be disciplined people in the study of your word, that we would be disciplined people in the way that we pray, that we would be disciplined in the way that we gather together. Lord, and that our goal would not be great faith just for the sake of great faith and for ourselves, but our greatest pursuit and goal would be intimacy with you and that the fruit of that would be great faith in all of our lives. And the people of God say, amen. Awesome.